Hi guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Man V Fat podcast. I am here as ever with Roman. Hi Shu, how are you doing? Good, how are you mate? I'm very well, thank you. I'm going to beat you to this one. How's your week been? My week's been good mate, yeah. Um, it's been okay. Yeah. We're back, season started again with Man V Fat football. Manchester League? Yeah, uh, going on holiday on Friday, so counting down the days. So you're leaving your teammates for a week? I am, I am, but it's going to be done. Well, um, don't want to think about when I'm going away when I come back. Uh, don't worry about it. When you're on holiday, you're on holiday. Yeah. We're here in this episode with James Connor. Hiya, Connor. Hiya, mate. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you. Uh, you are PT? PT, group trainer. Yeah? Is that what, what you, you like to be referred as? Yeah. Amongst other names, swear words, <laughs> through morning classes, evening classes. Probably can't repeat them on here. You are the uh, CEO of JC Fitness. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Based in South Manchester? Yeah, based in Stockport. Good, good. We're going to take this episode a little bit away from the football. Concentrate on the fitness side of things. Let's talk about weight loss. Uh, a bit of meal prep. This month, uh, Mom V Fat are focusing on meal prep and how meal prep helps for weight loss. You're right. a meal prepper, aren't you, Ron? I am. I'm a yeah, solid meal prepper. How do you find it? It helps so much. It, uh, for me, it's so you know when you've got um, well at work at the canteen when everyone's bringing in the dinners and they've got the spaghetti bolognese at Bishop Arthur's, Morrison's, or Sainsbury's or whatever, and I'm there with really healthy food. Mine just kicks kicks ass because I know it's, it's ingredients that I've, I've done myself. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Why do you think people are scared about meal prep? I find meal prep cheaper as well because I don't waste anything. Yeah. Uh, I know what exactly what to buy, what quantities to buy. Uh, I don't meal prep every meal, but I meal prep um, lunches. Pretty much Monday to Friday, uh, I just do lunches for me and me and my wife. So what people are scared about with the meal preps is it's the unknown. You've got to think your lifestyle for X amount of years has been a certain way. It has been, I go to work, I go into the canteen. You're talking about breaking a cycle for people. It's not as easy. It's like if I was to say to you two, right, let's go and learn Russian now. It's like, well, you'd be scared, you won't want to do it, you won't buy into it straight away. It's a slow process. So with the meal prep, it all starts with like thinking about it and getting your knowledge there. Because most people haven't got knowledge to then go and action that thing. Well, here's meal prep, and you go, oh, what was that involved? Yeah. And that, 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 that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> And then you need to then start getting the knowledge there of how to go about meal prepping. It's not a case of just feeling, someone will say to you, let's go on meal prep, and you go, what, what do you mean meal prep? And I think that's the fear is the unknown and people haven't got the knowledge there. I think when you also, when you when you buy food for meal prep, so it looks like a lot of food. You, know, you look like if you put it all out and weeks worth of, of, of lunches, let's say, it looks like a lot of food and you think, how am I going to get six, seven meals, maybe even meal prepping for your partner as well, out of this. But I can testify that meal prep, once you start it, you get it down to an absolute tea. Easily, easily. I think also one of the first responses I get when people say do you meal prep and you know and I say, Oh you should try it. And the response that I get from those are, oh, I don't want to stand in the kitchen for three hours cooking. That's your first one. Yeah, so let's go on that point now, the man with three hours cooking is, I know someone that meal preps for a month, brought an extra freezer just to meal prep, so yeah it is three hours, 
it's three hours for the whole month. <laughs> All of a sudden, it doesn't seem that hard. I cook every day as I go. I'm not saying that works for everyone. It works for me, though. Um, three hours for a whole month, and actually dinners and evening meals done. Actually, doesn't sound that bad. Like I say, you purposely brought an extra freezer to house it all. But that's her done then. The whole four weeks or whatever she meal preps for. So yeah, it is a long time. There's no doing, no doing nothing when you come home. So yeah, it is a Sunday afternoon out once a month. And then it's done. It's good to do it at home. How long do you meal prep for, Ron? Um, five, to five to seven days. About five to seven days. I do about twice a week. So I'll do maybe four meals uh, in one session. It takes me about an hour. And then maybe three meals takes about 45 minutes. I've got it down to see, but it's the same thing every week, so I know exactly what quantities go in and all exactly how to prep the veg and how to, to prep anything. And I, I take shortcuts as well. Shortcuts, I mean, you, find, you do find shortcuts, and I think, you know, they do work as well. It's like this morning, um, I went shopping last night, got back from the gym this morning, decided to just cook the protein. Because what I found is rather than just sometimes I'll cook the meals, sometimes I'll just cook my proteins. So if I come home, all I've got to do is the night before defrost protein, having a wrap, especially in the sun, summer, nice weather, hot, hot, hot weather, like a cold chicken salad or a cold chicken wrap, something like that, just dead easy, it's, done, it's, it's, it's no effort when you get in, rather than, oh I don't know what to eat, and end of the day you'll have something quick and easy, from the cupboard, like some baked beans or whatever, that's not that right kind of meal you need to eat at that time. The other thing that people say as well with meal prep, like their fears, should we call them, we call them barriers to it, so barriers to exercise, barriers to getting the right nutrition plan, is it's going to get boring, I'm eating the same stuff. I just quickly answer people and say, well I bet you any money without realising it subconsciously, you have a Domino's on a Tuesday, have a chippy on a Friday, a burger on a Saturday watching a game. Actually, you're eating the same stuff there, but for some reason that's okay. So it's breaking these cycles down. And like you say, if you do meal prep, great. You normally tend to fit in the same meal prep, most people I know, three to four months, and then you revamp it. Because you might go off fish, or you might go off chicken, or you want turkey, or you've gone off sweet potatoes and you want to have potatoes. Don't be frightened, but you can change it very creatively. Yeah, sometimes you get a new cookbook and think, I'll try that. Yeah. I do, I do, my, my breakfast is the same every day. Uh, my, my lunches are pretty much probably a selection of five different meals. I do I do push the boat out at evening meals. It's still healthy, but I, I don't prep them, uh, and I just find that really works. And I do try to vary that. I think the variation you've got to find variation, otherwise you're going to get mundane and get bored of it. It's, uh, I I think someone told me um, oh, I heard something a few weeks back. Say if you're a meal prep, just take chicken for example. Learn how to cook chicken ten ways. Then you know that's literally two weeks like Friday, Monday to Friday, two weeks worth of chicken, it's a different taste every day, or a different way of cooking, or a different part of the chicken. Um, or even what you're putting in with the chicken. Exactly. Yeah, yeah again, to know so, your spices helps, I think, with meal prep, yeah. stuff like that, and, and different flavours. Um, I do I do think that, for what, sometimes as well, uh, a little bit of sauce helps as well, I think, you know, just to put a bit of zinc through, for what, you, what you're getting, in, you know, maybe 40 calories onto your, onto your meal, it's worth it just for that extra zing. Because you, you're meal prepping now, you are dashing it with that little bit of sauce, but where, the, where you wouldn't, you'd be lashing that sauce yeah. on and... It's getting that fine balance to everything as well, like going with the sauce comments, yes, most sauces predominantly are bad for you, but plain chicken and potatoes, 
yeah. gets boring very easily. I've spoken to a lot of bodybuilders in my time. You ask what they ate about their job and they'll say the food. Yeah. No bodybuilders tell you they enjoy the food because everything's plain. There's no spice on there. There's no sauce. And my, my question to everyone is, do you want that figure? That is what you've got to do. And most people are honest to say that's not what they want. Oh, that's some dedicated guys and yeah. girls. Yeah, so that's you're trying to compare. If you're trying to compare yourself to them people, that's what you've got to do. So don't set yourself that unrealistic expectation of a goal. Sometimes it's apple oranges that comparison, isn't it? Yeah. Simple as that. But I think that's a lot. With that, with that in mind and that mindset, I think that's where a lot of people get kind of the wrong idea. They think, oh yeah, I've got to eat that. I've got to do that. That that average Joe. The Joe public is not going on stage to compete. Exactly, yeah. So you don't have to copy what they're doing. And also on that point as well, I don't think you have to copy what everyone's doing as well. I don't give a meal plan to anybody. But that reason is we're all very different human beings. Like I used that example before, I know a lady that meals better for a month. That would have worked for you or your man and Stu, that just probably wouldn't work for you because it doesn't suit your life. What you have is get the knowledge and then find what suits your lifestyle. So say, it might be, I'm just gonna meal prep for my meal in a day. And that's brilliant, that's a great starting point. Lower your expectations of saying, I've got meal prep for 15 meals a week. No, it's really not about that. It could be that you go to the pub every Friday afternoon to work colleagues. What we're saying is don't do that. Meal prep when you go there, to have a look at the menu before you go and go, and I will have that burger, but I'll allow my calories for the week for that to be in, but I won't have the onion ring on it, I won't have the bacon, I won't have triple cheese, barbecue sauce, and then you know what, I'll have the cheesy chips. I mean, if that's going to be your one cheat meal, that is fine. But if that's part of your meal in a week, and you're allowing that as being your good day, have a look at that. So if you know you always go out on a certain day, Meal prep's not just what you do in the kitchen, it's what if you know you're going to be out and about, plan for that as well. Also plan for, I'm a realistic person, life gets in the way sometimes, something might happen on a Sunday, i.e. England win, which is very occasionally. I'm just using that example because I know we're all man versus fat. You probably want a meal prepped on that day. Have a backup plan in your head, like, oh, I know where that healthy food store is, so I haven't meal prepped for whatever reason, I know I can go there, or I know there's a healthy place in here, like in Stockport, it's about five places of healthy, I can tell anyone, if you're not eating, just ring them up, they'll consult you out. Yeah, it is a little bit more expensive. By the time you brought a pizza, it's actually cheaper, ironically enough, nine times out of ten. Yeah, yeah so, it's not just about prepping as well, it's also about planning. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point, I never really thought of that. So anyway, we're going to take you right back on a... Um, you are a PT, as I said before, 15 years, 16 years in the fitness yeah, industry? Yeah, I started when I was 20, maybe a bit younger, maybe a bit older, and then obviously 36 now, so quite a few years <laughs> for good behaviour. So how did you uh, first get into the fitness industry? Have you always wanted to growing up? Uh, long and short, it was a lifeguard, like being in the gym. When I was about 14, 16 years old, I went doing a teen circuit thing. And then without realising, that brings good habits into you, the, sort of the values of the gym, and then you just naturally evolve into going into the gym. And that takes you on quite a journey from there without realising. I've been fortunate to work in Dubai, I've worked on cruise ships with it all. It's been yeah, what were they like? Yes. Give us a little snippet of working on a cruise ship. 
so that true. you can that's uh, safe for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so working on cruise ships is... I thought when I went working on cruise ships, I would actually probably be the most unhealthiest I'd ever be in my life. But ironically, because all the food was done for me, food-wise, it's the best I've ever had because it was always there. I just made the right choices. There was always salad there, there was always fruit and veg there, the chicken was always there. It was up to you what sauces you put on it. So in that respect, it was the best I've ever eaten, ironically. Best I ever looked as well because my food was just spot on and that's how important the food is. But yeah, so working on ships, it was great. Met all walks of lives. Through. What was your role on the ships? What, 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 so I was the trainer on the ships so and predominantly dealt with all the people, which was dead refreshing because you speak to them about their mistakes and then through learning about their experience, you come down and help people when you come home and you're like, I can see where people are going to go with whether it's putting on weight, the back problems going to have, hip problems, knee problem, bad posture, because they've spoke to these older generation. And they're like, this is because I didn't do this. And then you, you start to understand. And then hopefully, you, when you come back home, you can say to people, look, if you don't do something, life's going to be very difficult. And especially if you retire. And I speak to guys and say, look, I'm in a hell of a lot of money. I can't go and enjoy it because I'm overweight. I've got no knees. I've been carrying all that weight. And it's a great eye-opener to come home and help people. Uh, was there much call for... for um you know, was it busy in the, in the gyms on the cruise ships? Every cruise varied, everything was different. Um, but it's like anything, you never know when the opportunity arises for somebody to decide to get that wake-up call. It can come in mysterious ways, can't it? Mm, yeah. I should imagine everyone going back to man versus fat is a reason why you suddenly email them or text them for it's a cry about. Ironically, being away on holiday, sometimes people feel a bit more free, a bit more at ease. Here comes some weirdo from Stockport and start opening up to them about a life story and they, you hope you can help them and hopefully when they go back to dry land you put that into place for them. Oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Sounds like a fairly good job that. Oh it's brilliant. Was been. it intense? I could imagine it's very intense on the cruise ships. Yeah, so when we were at sea, I'd work from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night, two hours for lunch, yeah it was full on. But very privileged I've seen a lot of the world that yeah. most people don't and I wouldn't change it for the world three and a half years absolutely where was, the, where was the best ever place that you moored up and you went and you uh, you went and had a look round I always say if a ship went there there was a reason why it went there so if it doesn't go there there's a reason why it don't go there <laughs> you know what I mean I've been very lucky I've been up to Spitsburg I've been up to the Arctic Circle I've been all the way down to the Falklands I've been all around the Caribbean I've been to Athens I mean you don't, you don't have to brag. No, but that's what I'm saying is... It's like a I mean, there's a reason why a ship goes there. I mean, there's some incredible places out there and I don't understand people that don't want to travel because it inspires you. It really does. The world's an amazing place. It certainly is. Travelling and working at the same time. Two birds, one stone. It's a way to do it. Young people of the world, listen to this. <laughs> listen to Connor. Go and, go and do it. Go and travel. Go and travel. I recommend it to anyone any age. Good, good, good stuff. Line. So you came back off the cruise ships, um, how long ago was that? 
came back to the cruise, it's probably been off the cruise about seven, eight years now. Although someone put some on Facebook saying it was ten years, but I'm ignoring that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, uh, and, <laughs> and then you were in Dubai for a while, you said? Yeah, so I did three years in Dubai. That was a little bit different. We worked with more elite athletes and that. There's some great experiences out there and that. That was a fantastic experience. That was dealing with the top athletes out there, whether it was the pro footballers, water polo team. Yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah? Yeah. No tax? No tax, but high cost of living. <laughs> <laughs> they get you somewhere, don't they? They yeah. get you somewhere. They get do, you somewhere. They do. Uh, so you came back from Dubai uh, and you uh, started JC Fitness. Yeah. yeah. What does JC Fitness do? What, what kind of things do you do? So when I came home, I was like... Obviously, I've worked with elite athletes, I've worked with the older generation, and I thought, elite athletes is brilliant, it's great working with them, but it sounds silly, it's actually easy. I found it easy anyway, because they're very motivated, they wanted to do it. But uh, I wanted to come home and help people that generally wanted to do something and really change their lifestyle. So the idea is they open the morning classes is I want to help people that are struggling, that had a really bad experience with exercise or doing stuff. I had to come out and out that 90% of the population that don't do anything to say, hang on a minute, you can do something. There is a way out here and try and help them and hopefully give them a positive experience of exercise rather than the back to the PE days of, oh, you got cross country today or... I hate football because I'm the worst player in there, I'm always last picked, so they've had that negative experience. I want them to come in and have a more positive experience with it. Cool, so you, you run classes, uh, you know, two in the morning? Two in the morning, yeah, 6am and 7am. And how, how busy are those classes? Busy enough. <laughs> no, they're, they're busy, there's a few people there. What I like about it, it's a smaller group. You get to know the lads and the girls' problems, whether it's bad knees, bad backs. And you can help them on a more personal level. It's not a class where I'm looking at getting 40, 50 people and knowing no one. I can honestly say I know most of them in my classes. I know, I know they're, sounds corny, I'm not really into corny. Roman is, yeah. you'll love this now. Yeah. His face like, here we go. Here's Mr. Cheese, here yeah. we go. Go on. I love the journey that you take people through when they come into you being all nervous, petrified. I mean, I've even seen people shaking, crying when they've walked in. Fast forward six months and they send you a message at stupid o'clock saying, I've just carried my son home from the pub. I've never been able to do that in my life. Uh, I walked when I went on holiday today, five miles, and didn't feel like I was going to die. And that, that's really inspiring for me as well. That actually, believe it or not, gets me in to go to the gym because it's like, that's what difference you're making to their lifestyle of how unhappy they were. Being overweight isn't a good thing on any level. It's uncomfortable, it's bad on your knees, there's heart problems. They're facts, that's, yeah. that's not being horrible to someone's well-being. You'd say, I want to help you. I want you to get into a better place. I don't want you to go on holiday and think, oh, I'm not putting my swim shorts on. That must be awful. <laughs> yeah. Going on, going away and holiday. I think most people listening to this will probably relate to that. Yeah, and that's the journey I want to help people on. It's not necessarily, if someone wants a six pack then great, knock yourself out. But some people they just want a nice healthy lifestyle, especially uh, I've noticed with people that have kids, they say to me, I just want to be able to have a kickabout with my kid. 
and like they say we're in the garden and they'll say come have a kick around with me daddy oh no I'm gonna have a heart attack and that must be a shame that you can't have that bonding experience with your little lad or a little girl playing football because you're not fit enough and that's that's what I want to do help people it's more functional everyday kind of fitness yeah that's what it's all about. The elite side of things. Yeah, it's not the getting the big weights out, and I think a lot of people get intimidated by that. I don't think they should be, but I understand where they are. When you go into these big commercial gyms and you see all the lads, people get worried. In my opinion, they shouldn't be, but I understand why people get worried because it is intimidating going in. You automatically feel you're the only person like that if you go into somewhere and everybody looks fitter than you. And that's the barrier I want to break down to say, it doesn't matter where you're at now. And it's what I say to everyone that comes through the door, it doesn't matter where you're at now. It matters where you are in six months' time, it matters where you're in a year's time. From personal experience, I can vouch for that because the first time that I ever trained with Connor, <laughs> I turned up to a six o'clock cast, 6 a.m. Uh, seven minutes, eight minutes in, do you think? <laughs> yeah, being generous of each yeah, year. I was absolutely dying on, on the... Uh, on the sofas at the other end of the gym and that was it I mean I was gone uh, Connor, Connor came up to me and he said listen don't let this put you off this is the benchmark now this is rock bottom this is where you're at we know where you're at we know what you could do it's not a lot uh, and that really stuck with me that it didn't matter that I could only do seven eight minutes you know um, it was just the fact that it was an acknowledgement of where I was at also, as well, I say to people as well, you walk through the door and you stayed. That's the biggest achievement. I say to people, well done for getting through the door because I know a lot of clients, a lot, a lot of clients that don't end up walking through the door. Like, they'll arrange to come to a session. They won't come up, I'll ring them up and they'll go, I was there, Connor, I just couldn't get through the door. And I'm like, yeah, it's a big step, in it? And it's somebody understanding that pain that you're in and that discomfort of saying that's okay it's normal to feel like that I spoke to a lad last week who said it yeah I remember going through all that it's, it's again calling it someone holding your hand not quite literally <laughs> but it's always saying to you it's okay to feel like this you're not going to feel like this forever though hopefully one day coming to a gym is as normal and part of your everyday life or it's not a fitness class like mine finding something you enjoy, which I think the Man vs. Fat programme is a great thing what he's doing there. It's building a community and giving that people a, a safe haven to go and do what they want to do. And taking the prejudice away, because there is a lot of that and it, it is hard. I've got a lot of friends that are overweight and you try and help them and say, it doesn't have to be this way, there is a way out. But he's also not kidding himself, it is going to be a long old slog. We, we, we always come back to this, and I think it's pretty much been on every podcast we've ever done. Yeah. But there is that, that moment of, uh, you can call it many things, you can call it the penny dropping, you can call it, um, you know, realisation, moment of clarity. Uh, we like to call it just being truthful with yourself and saying that, you know what, I do need help. I do need to go to the gym. Um, I do, you know, even if you've been to the gym and you're absolutely dying and you, you've done your first session and you die and you think, I'm dreading coming back or, or maybe even getting through the door the first time you're dreading coming back, 
you have to just push yourself and it's a, it's a moment of clarity or a moment of, of, of truth with yourself that says, no, I need to do this. Um, and I think what Manby Fat does is, um, as a community, it makes you realise that you're not the only one who, yeah. who, who has their issues. It's actually lots and lots and lots of people, men and women, who have them issues. However, men are an isolated group and, and, and you know, there was nothing out there for guys. Yeah, the more you more hear about the issues that you're talking in the community, the more you actually do feel comfortable within yourself um, against grips with it and talking about it. Um, because you know other people have, are going through the same thing and the relation there just wakes you up ready, ready to face what you need to face. Yeah, I mean, if you go on the forums, if you go on the Manly Fat forums and you, and you look at some of the thread posts and, and some guys, some, sometimes there's guys there who are just struggling and they're just like, listen, I can't stop eating. I genuinely just can't stop eating. You know, I'm eating, I'm eating away from the family, I mean, it's in secret. And the amount of posts and, and people that come on and reply to that and say, listen, just go through the process. You know what I mean? You come out the other side of it uh, and it just gives you that immense support. Um, and that's the key word there, Stu. I think that's a lot of people that go to the gym by themselves and who tried things before and failed, and then you get disheartened, and then I call it downward spiral effect. It's I've gone in the gym, I've had a bad experience. Right, I'm going to go home, eat ice cream, I'm going to eat the cookies, Domino's, whatever your go-to thing is. You create that downward spiral. What it is, is finding, I say to people is, even when it comes to my morning classes, don't worry this isn't for you. There will be something that works for you out there. I've happily taken clients elsewhere to say, this just might not be for you, but it is something out there. You've just got to look for what it is. There's more than one way to do it. And it's about you finding comfortable with what works in your lifestyle. And it is about, but everything is about having that community and that support network. I, for instance, have had two friends come to me, both mad keen wanted to lose weight, but they're actually a bad influence on each other. So what I mean to say is they've got a session with me, but I want to make sure, should we go to the pub? And that's the problem right there, because then you go, oh yeah, let's go to the pub, or let's have that takeaway. When you come to in a community like Man versus Fat, or hopefully while people feel about my morning classes, they know they've got that support network because the people become what I call positive reinforcement. They're encouraging you to be in there. They're saying, "Oh, well done, you made it through the door again." Like this morning, we had two people that come back. It was nice to see them. There wasn't that. There was a joke, yeah, you've been away, but actually, we we're all saying it was nice to see them. We welcomed them back in. It wasn't. We didn't make him feel rubbish for being on the way. We understand we've all been there. And that's the most important thing, that positive support network that nine times out of 10 in most people's lives isn't there. And from what I can see for as a man versus fat project, it does hopefully something very similar I do. It creates a great positive support network. Yeah. And that's what, that above everything else, is what happens, like you said, there's a forum there, it helps you. It's a nice, comforting thing to know that 60 people have been through what you've been through. But when you're at home and you're crying for help and it's not there, that's when you fail. And it's also making that accountability, that's what's great. Yeah, you feel about. very alone, I think, if you don't know anybody who is in the same situation as you. Um, and I think, like you say, the support network makes you think that actually people can help and people can talk. And, and you know what? And this is what this podcast is all about. 
we just want to get people to talk. Men, we don't want to get, we want to get men to talk about being overweight and losing weight and how do you lose weight and what's the best thing and what's the best thing to eat and what's the best thing to drink and how 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 is this working and how is that exercise working? We just want to get the nation talking about losing weight and, and get away from the stigma of ah oh, I'm just a fat guy who goes out and drinks twenty pints and everybody loves me. Yeah, and I think as well with that is it's this is whatever side of life you're in. It's a macho image of the male population. Yeah, but. I'm going to be the fattest person out of my mates. That's wrong. And your mates breed that into you as well. I'm not saying that's for everyone, but you almost buy into what other people believe you are. And that's a shame. And there's the ego there of, I'm going to do that, but I can't go into that because I don't feel comfortable. And there barriers you try and break down all the time. I call them barriers to exercise, barriers to diet. We need to try and remove as many there as we can. And the first thing I sit down with all clients is let's remove all these barriers. I think, I think they're good to get a good point there because obviously you know, you've, you've got your circle friends who you'll go out on a good time and socialise with and you, there is always the, the, the token you know, um, people in the group if you are the fat one, then you know, you run the fat one and they'll have to generally they'll have to the party. But you're accepting and so you're trying to put on that persona. And a lot of men, what they find is down the line when something hits, like they have health problems, that's when they'll go, actually, I need to stop being fat. And sometimes you've got to wrap. For me, it's like, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to register when it's too late. Because normally, when you've had a heart attack, that's like, that's when it's too late. So um, for me, it's like, I used to be fat with my friends who, as I was always, taking the mick out of, um, now it's the opposite way, it's, they'll come for me to help advice and I just say, listen, I don't want to have a heart attack in 30 years time, I want to look, look after myself now, for the future. And that, that's what it's all about is, prevention's always the best thing, likewise if someone has gone through it as well, it, just in case anybody is listening, if you have been through that, you can still get over it, you don't have to think, oh that's it, my heart attack, that's me, done now. You can lose the weight, yeah, it's going to be a little bit slower, yeah, there is, there is a process to go through and you can't take shortcuts, but that's life. And I would say to people is, you put that size on, you didn't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, I went to bed 8 stone, I'm now 80 stone, that doesn't happen. You, It is an investment, jokingly aside, isn't it? You've, you've, you've put the kebabs in there, you've put the... 20 pints of bitter in your system and not done anything about it. It's years and years of, some people say neglect, partying, enjoying yourself, but unfortunately in life you can't trick your body forever. No. <laughs> Something no. gives way. And, and it's okay, you, you know, like, like we were saying, falling into that role of being the, the jolly fat guy, the funny one, the one who goes out and drinks the most, and you can play up to that role in front of your friends. But let me tell you, Nine times out of ten, when the door's shut and everybody else isn't there, you don't feel the same way. No, definitely not. Definitely but not. there's nobody else there to play up when the banner's not there, and it's just you on your own. You don't feel that way. So is that one friend always just push the boundaries and go that one? They always get something in that really, really breaks you and just actually hurts you. I think you Yeah. So that's what I go about a bit. It's about getting the right support network, and it's a. Sometimes people go to friends, family, and I think that's a great thing, but sometimes I think it's, it is going that stage further and knowing that somebody actually knows what they're doing. Because you 
I've seen people give advice in a gym and I'm going, oh, that's, that's, that's bad, that's, and I've gone over and said, that's, that's, that's wrong, mate. <laughs> like I say, it's few and far between, but if you are really overweight, like, don't get me wrong, I've seen personal trainers get huge people in the first session and say, we're going on a 5K run, I mean, what, to me, what does that prove, I mean, well, why do you why do you think the fitness industry is, is I think it's quite a confusing place. I oh, think you 100%. get a lot of contradicting advice all the time. Very well why, why do you think that is? Honestly, people want to sell a product. People want to sell a product. That's why I openly say to people is I might not be the right instructor for you. It's okay. I'm okay with that. You can be okay with that. It's fine. I've also had people that come with me for a long time and recommend them to go to other people. Is an industry, and don't really like to slag the industry off, but it's people, again, the male ego being insecure about letting people go, thinking, oh, I'm going to let them down, all that. Going back to the advice you get out there, it's very contradicting. It's, it shouldn't be contradicting. You should have 60% carbs, 65% carbs, 15 20% protein, rest fat. That's that simple. That's in every book I've ever read. That's not. Oh, you can't play around with that. So people start making their own rules up, like protein only. That'll lose weight. Yeah, you will lose weight. It won't be permanent. And you wonder why you get ill. But the person hasn't lied to you. They've uh, manipulated the truth, should we say. To try and sell you. To try and sort you out or to sell you a product. And yeah, you have lost weight, but you're not happy. So the industry needs to go into more of what I do, a slow process and a permanent change. Like probably relate to your Stu story just because you hear Stu. It wasn't about you running 5k on the first day. It was literally, well done Stu, you got through the door. I probably said this to you, make sure you're still here in a month. That's the battle. Make sure this is part of your lifestyle. Whether it's you come with me or you join a gym. I'm not that precious about it. I just want to help you the best way I can. It's about saying that that's where you go from there. It's not about you losing that weight in the first three weeks. It's just about you buying into a habit, a slow habit that's forever. And that can't happen if you do 65 things at once, even with meal prep. Just do one little thing, just do one lunch a day. Just meal prep once a week. It's a start. Yeah. Lower your expectations and just make it a slow process that becomes permanent. I think there's a lot of quick fixes out there, isn't there? Whether it's detox teas or, um, you know, shakes or... And you know what? They all work if you do them right, but it won't be a permanent fix. It's not sustainable. Yeah, it isn't sustainable because you become unhappy. So everything you think it's going to do is actually putting you back to the same place. And when you lose all that weight, it actually goes on quick enough. So as a product, it's a great thing to sell because you think you need to do that product again. And you'll pay another 600 quid or 800 quid and it's like, you're in a downward spiral again. On that point as well, I always say to everybody that, especially people that are looking to lose weight, how motivating is it to watch The Biggest Loser? Most people love watching it. I'll say to you, how come there's never a reunion? Yeah. Because they've not made permanent changes. If you watch the do-do shows, and I'll show you the people are actually bigger, fatter, and more unhappy. Because what they've done is they've gone on a program that is brilliant. Don't get me wrong, there will be some success. I think it's about five to ten percent. They say 
So how productive is that for that person? Actually, it's probably more damaging. <laughs> Yeah. They'd have been better off staying a bigger person because they've actually gone double that size now. Yeah, I think there is definitely some uh, something putting weight back on in the biggest things. Yeah, oh, I do yeah. like the program. I'll be honest, I do like it. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It is very motivational. It. It's good. Yeah, it is very motivational. But the reason why it isn't is because you're doing everything right, but it's not a change because you're getting told to eat something you don't want to eat. The, 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 the issue I have with it, and um, and I, I do like it. Don't get me wrong. But the issue I have with it. Is they pull some big numbers, they pull some massive numbers, and don't get me wrong, they're in a they're in a training camp and they're, they're working out maybe up to three times a day. Um, but yeah, I always I always wonder what they're eating because they pull some massive numbers there. And they're big, so with them the big guys and girls. Well, don't get me wrong, but but they just it's dead easy. You put things in pounds. Yeah, pounds seems a lot better than kilograms. Yeah, but always is bigger, doesn't it? The Americans are great at it. They all train in pounds. It looks heavy. I remember when my brother first went out and did a football scholarship in America. He said, oh, how much are you lifting, Joe? And he went, 220 pounds. And I went, and he just said 220. I'm like, what? You can lift more than me. He's four years younger than me. It wasn't until I went over there where, oh, that's pounds. <laughs> that's actually a lot lower than me, but they're very clever. And it was, again, it's all about manipulating numbers. And it's, it's what people do. It's what they do to sell themselves. And... I've got nothing to problem with that. If it works for some people out there, then great. I just think too often it doesn't work for yeah. people. Like my mum watches a lot of this daytime TV, and when they pick up on things like the other week, they picked up on protein shakes and protein bars, and as soon as I came home, she was there at me going, Mum, I've never seen this. It's, they say don't buy protein bars and blah 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 blah. I says, Mum, this is every product that I've purchased, I've researched to the nth degree to make sure that it's going to be beneficial to me. I've not just gone out there and got like, for the sake of buying it, because that's not what I'm about, or, you know, what the lifestyle I want to live. If I see a Snickers that says protein on it, that's just a normal Snickers with a bit extra protein, and I want to find out where that extra protein is coming from, what ingredient have they added to then say, this is what more protein in. That's what goes through my mind. The other thing going back to that though is whatever the government or somebody gets a being a bonnet about, like eggs were bad, bread's bad, bread's now come fashionable again. The media have a bit, have a big uh, part to play in that. I think. Yeah, I think you just get conflicting advice, literally on a weekly basis. Yeah. Drink red wine. Red wine. It's full of tannins. It's great for you. Don't drink red wine. It's bad yeah. for you. But that's like, that was like a, like a month apart. And I think that's and that's what really confuses the general public as well out there because they're going. And then it doesn't make you want to do anything. And that's what I say to people is, you normally know what you're doing wrong. If you're honest with yourself, like you said, if you look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm eating too many takeaways. I'd say, you make it as simple as this. If you eat four takeaways a week, just take it down to three. As simple as that. Try and do that for a month. If you can do that for a month, take it down to two. Take it down to one. Yeah, it would be a slow process, but I tell you what, you will feel better in a year time. Before you know it, the four, three, two, one, and it will go, and it'll just be treats on your birthday or once a month. I've even known people that I've trained come up to me and go, Connie, you know, I don't want to name brands. I actually hate that now. I hate going eating there because actually your taste buds change. A lot of people say to me, I don't like drinking water, and I just say to them, just try it for four weeks and tell me if it starts tasting different. Some people are eight weeks, everybody's a little bit different. And most of them come up to me after four to six weeks go, yeah, you're right, Connor. And it, it takes time, your taste buds do change. 
the products in these products are designed to make you stay and keep coming back. They're addictive. Sure. Yeah. I think we've had that first hand with, with uh, our taste was changing after certain binges we've had after uh, in, in between seasons we've gone, mm. don't, yeah. don't actually, I just don't, don't want to eat that again. Yeah. Well, you're a, I mean, you're a star, you've not had, um, we'll say, the, the arches for... I've not had the arches. You've not had the golden arches for how many years now? Um, so the last one I purchased was on the 22nd of December 2002. And imagine if you used to have that now. You'd be the smell climbing was, the wall. The smell knocks me sick a lot past that place establishment. Yeah. So let's, let's just go back to the training side of things. Yeah. Um, so for an example, you've got a guy there who's, who's, who's overweight. He's probably been to the gym. Join to join the gym, like a lot of uh, uh, guys do. You know, you turn up for the gym, and your guy's dead keen. I'll do your training program, and blah, blah blah blah, and it gives you quite a lot to do. There's a little bit of cardio, a little bit of weights. He gets on a treadmill for ten minutes, and he thinks this isn't for me. He might go two, three times, and then he never goes back. As somebody, what advice would you give to somebody who's, who's Joining the gym for the first time, training on their own maybe. Um, what would you say the best things? How do you get started? What's the best things to do? It's like anything in life. If you enjoy it and you make a realistic goal, then it's easier. So by that I mean, well done, you walk through the door. Just go on and do five minutes walking on a treadmill and walk out the door. Because what that'll do is when you leave, you go, actually, I wasn't too bad. Actually, I don't mind going back there again. Next time you go in, try and do seven minutes. What do you automatically feel when you now leave? I've done two minutes extra. You're now having a feel-good factor with that, Jim. You've also not really had to change your knowledge. You don't have to know how to lift the weight. So many times I see people in a gym staring at kit going, don't know how to do it. Go and ask an instructor, but people are very frightened to do it. And the problem is now in some gyms is the instructors don't give you the time as well, I know that as well. But they should give you the time. So if you don't know a kit, ask, go on YouTube, look it up. It's, the world's a very easy place. Uh, but so lower your expectations, then the next time you can go and do 10 minutes and then have a look at some weight kit. Just, do, just pick one piece of kit. What you're then doing is you're looking forward to trying new kit every time you come in and then slowly build a program up nice and slowly. Don't be frightened to speak to other people that are maybe join the gym and get some advice. Most people I know that train in a gym, if you speak to them, won't shut up. <laughs> They're very passionate about it. People come up to me all the time when I'm drunk and ask me questions and I'll give them an answer. I'm passionate about what I do. It's dead easy to tell you. So if someone walking in for that first time, I would say just take it really slowly don't think you have to run 5k on day one. Don't think you have to lift 100 kg. It really doesn't matter. Take things slow, just start with a simple walk. Or maybe walk and run if you want. But only run for 20 seconds or 10 seconds. And then build it up slowly over time. Don't look, don't look to go from A to Z in one go. <laughs> yeah. Go through a slow process. And then you can speed it up. Everybody's different. I mean, just keep it, I would say just slow it right down and ha try and have a good experience with that gym. 
a lot of people think, oh, I can't go in the gym for 10 minutes, what's the point of that? It was 10 minutes more than you did yesterday. And that's what people forget, it's, have you done more than yesterday? Starting from scratch, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, just slow it right down. I remember one of the, one of the first times I was, um, I was at a different gym, and I was on like this kind of bars course at the gym, and there was a few lads there, and one lad was a bigger lad, and he came in. And we did a class, uh, a 30-minute class, exercise class, and I think he, he did what you said not to do, he pushed himself too hard. We sat down at the end just had a chat, and he just went, why? Never saw him again. Because I, I think he was fearing to put in a phrase, pulling that whitey. Yeah. Because he just, I don't know if he felt embarrassed or whatever, he just didn't want to go and sit there. Because he, he knew he was unfit. And he just, he, I think he was just feared yeah. that just kept him away from that. And also, as well, when I train people, I told them to stop and they go, no, 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 I want to carry on. I feel all right. Trust me, you do feel all right now. But I know tomorrow you're going to be in bits. I'll give you an example there. Uh, I had two girls come to me about six months ago. We only did 30 squats. They're like, is that it? I went, yeah, you'll be sore tomorrow. They're like, you've only done 30 squats. I went, you'll be sore tomorrow. They hadn't trained for years. I spoke to them the next day and they went, oh yeah, you're right, we were sore. I said, but can you still walk? I went, yeah. All right, we can build from here now. They're like, yeah, but that's a bit of waste of money just coming in for that. It's not, it's a starting point. It's not where you're going to be forever. And that's the thing to get in. So if you do have an instructor and he tells you to stop, it's not a bad thing. They've got your best interest at heart. I've loads of people come to my class and like, now I'm feeling all right. And you don't see him again. There's a reason why we're telling you to stop. It's because we know you're probably going to be sore tomorrow. But it's even that 10 minutes after. When you first exercise, maybe it might take two or three minutes to go back to normal rate. The fitter you get, the quicker your heart rate will obviously come down. Yeah, so the analogy I use that for people to understand is the quicker your recovery, the fit you are. I was explaining this to footballers. You watch the World Cup, it's man versus fat, so everybody watches it. <laughs> look at footballers. When you see them being interviewed after a game, how tired do they look? Yeah, you might see a bit of sweat on them, but you think they've ran 10k, some of them ran 12k, even a goalkeeper now does 4 to 7k, and they don't look tired. It's just because they're so fit they can recover that quick. Rewind to where some of the lads are here on this is, their recovery might be 7, 15. I've even known somebody that I've told not to come to a class for a week because they're still, in, they're still sore. And then they think, oh, but I've done nothing, it's been a waste this week. It isn't because if you get in again next week and it's just at one and you do a little bit longer, it's better than where you were. It can become two when you're ready, it can become three when you're ready. Don't be worried about being sore the next day. Just hope that soreness will come down over time. It might be when you first trained, you were sore for four days. And then after a while you're going, oh, there's nothing. And then a lot of people think, oh, I'm cheating now. No, you're not cheating, just fit. <laughs> yeah, it's all about slow progress, isn't it? And uh, being better, week on week than you were before. Just, just on that, how, how do you, would you measure that? Apart from obviously doing more workouts and recovery weights and stuff like that, how do you, uh, as a PT, measure people's progress? Maybe if they want to lose in weight or they want to, you know, get a bit fitter. Or so, in my personal opinion, uh, I would get rid of the scales altogether, in all over the world if I could. Reason for that is it doesn't really tell you what's going on. 
doesn't tell you whether the muscle's turning into fat or fat's turning into muscle. That, by the way, is all a load of rubbish, by the way, but that's a different thing altogether. I'll get me started on that. Um, it doesn't really tell you what's going on. I'm a big believer in capillaries, which is a, a pinch of the fat, and it'll tell you what's going on. You know exactly what's there. I'm a big believer in just measuring. Measure. Get a tape measure out, measure your waist, measure your bum, measure your legs. Measure where you think the problem area is as well. Um, good example of this is a girl I used to train out in Dubai said, I hate my knees. I was like, what? So I've got fat knees. I have never measured anyone's knees before or since. But that was her problem thing and that's what really wound her up. And guess what? started training, we measured her knees, and she was dead happy after four months. How do you get fat, right, how, do you, how did you get them fat off the knees? Did you get fat around the knees? It was just, she, yeah, she did, her knees went over fat, and it was, it was, that was her problem thing, and that's what she hated, and that was a problem to her, like, everybody's, I always say to people, where do you want the weight to go from, that's where we'll measure. It can be people's chest, it can be people, uh, Man boobs was a big thing about seven years ago. Everyone's about the back boobs and stuff. Yeah, people go through whatever people are having and then measure there and measure that and try and be consistent with when you measure. But another great thing now is social media or the camera phones now are brilliant. Just take a picture. And I always tell people, do it at the start of every month. I've still got clients from Dubai that I've been away now three, four years, three years coming up to. Still send me a message every month. I've done my thing again. I look well better. And because most people are visual, most people like to see the change. Everyone loves a before and after picture. Everyone gets a real buzz. And the only way you can do that is do it on day one. Don't do it when you're halfway down the journey. Do it on day one. Uh, take a few pictures. Don't just take the front. Don't take the back. Take front, back, side, just the facial one. I always tell someone to take the facial one because unfortunately that's where it comes off first. And if you are a bigger person, it will come off your face first. So I tell people take a face picture, a front picture, a back picture. Take both sides as well because believe it or not, the amount of people I measure their legs, they are different sizes, is frightening, especially people that are overweight is because it's just the way you carry your legs, so yeah. Yeah, I think people are visual, aren't they? I think yeah. before and after pictures, we, I know, um, I love a before and after picture. You've got a great one to do. Yeah, it's good. My, my, I wish I took a, a better before picture around that time, yeah. and I was six done. And going on that note as well, the reason why people don't want to take before is, this is another why people, reason I believe people get overweight is, Human nature, we're very good at hiding things. If I don't take the picture, it doesn't exist. No, that's why you need to take the picture. That's, and most people I know, when I've ever trained, nine times out of ten, what a bigger person is. Oh, we had that picture on holiday, and I saw that flab over my trackies, or I took that picture at a dinner table, and bloody hell, my belly was nearly on my kneecaps. It's that that motivates you, and it's use that as a motivational tool to say I don't want to ever be here again because fast forward six months to a year it will be different if you're consistent it will change but I always say to people is train on the bad days because they're what get the results 
the good days are, I think Roman said I had a good day today at trading. He did, I yeah. spring on my step for some reason. Yeah. But being honest with most people, is it doesn't happen every day. I think, uh, yeah, you are definitely right. I think the thing with, um, you're never going to be perfect on, on every day. No, exactly. You know, some days it's just a graph to get through it, isn't it? Well, there, yeah. I think, I think it was the rock or some kind of motivational video as well. I love a motivational video anyway. Yeah, same I was a, a, a motivational video I was watching and it was like, it, that's not when the work's done. The work is done on the days when you don't want to be here. Yeah. And it's oh. been a struggle to get there in the morning. That's when the real work is. Not the days when you when you get there and you're absolutely buzzing and you, you're wide yeah. awake and you're you know, full of bees. And likewise, I've uh, had clients as well when I say to them, take that before picture and leave it somewhere visual. I'm not saying go and put it in your office desk. Put it on your fridge. Not even on the fridge, because some people are embarrassed with a partner or the kids seeing it, or if someone comes around the house. It's gonna sound silly now, it's what I recommend to people. Put it somewhere where you go every day, like where you put your t-shirts, or your drawers, or your boxes, because you only you are gonna see it. Because that's the other thing, is you don't want other people to see it sometimes, but put it somewhere that's gonna motivate you. So, Great one for men, put it in the wallet. Yeah. So something like that, so what are you going to go in? Obviously you get a tight one in the group, don't do that, because they'll come out with glass. <laughs> but if that is you, right? you never see it. <laughs> but, but put it somewhere like, that not everyone's going to see it, because that's the reason why people won't do it. So again, it goes back to the barriers. You don't want to put it on your fridge, because you might have people around and you're ashamed of it. But I guarantee you, in six months to a year, you will have it somewhere in your house, going, look at what I used to look like. I love it when I say, we go out with everyone from the class and at some point in the night I start getting a little bit embarrassed and I have to walk away and it's always quite nice but everybody gets the pictures out yeah. look at how fat I was look at me that and it's a great thing and people always buzz that me. happens in the whatsapp groups doesn't it at the, uh, the Miami Fat Football uh, the, the, the before and after pictures come out I can, I can top that because I have an inspiration board which is basically a whiteboard that I've just took some of the worst pictures of me and some motivational quotes and stuck around the edge of the whiteboard. And every um, every week I weigh in on a Monday and I write my weight on there before, after what I've lost. And it goes week for week. I'll try and um, I'll put it on Twitter. Or I'll tweet it out, tweet a picture yeah, out, so you can have a look. And uh, I find that really helps because it's where I get dressed in the morning. So I go in the morning. I can look at it. I can see where I'm at. Almost like a mood board kind of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's what we call an accountability board as well. It's, it's a moving target. And that's what I think is when people start out, it's okay to be there, but you've got to know where you're moving towards. And you've got, to, the important thing is, a lot of people I find is, they know where they are and they know where they want to get to, they don't know the journey. That's the bit they struggle with and that's what they need the help with. And it's not always a straight line. Well, it's never a straight no, line. No, it's never a straight And I always say to people is, what we start with now, and what I think is going to happen, I guarantee you'll be very different. People have kids, people move away, people Injuries. get a relationship. Injury is a big one. You start tr needing to train at different times, the body clock changes. Life gets in the way of a lot of Yeah, a lot of people use that as an excuse as well at the same time. But it's, it's getting that life balance and making everything a routine and it's making the exercise or the diet become a priority also another one i find with people is work gets a bit hectic and everything gets dropped and that's another one i find really hard to 
just if anyone's listening, if you do have a high-end job or a very stressful job, plan for them time of year. So I say to people, like, if you know you're coming, like say you're an accountant, for instance, you know March, April's the end of the financial year, you know you don't say to yourself, I'm going to train five times a week because it's probably not going to happen. And then what happens is you get annoyed with yourself, you become less productive at work, you don't get to it. But when these time of year come, say to yourself, I'm just going to train twice a week. Take that pressure off yourself and work at your pace. Like some people, I always say Christmas is a big one in our industry. People stop training and then go, oh, I'm bigger than when I first started with you. Yeah, because you've had a really good Christmas, haven't you? And I say to them, just still train, but be realistic with it. You know what I mean? Just say, I'm not going to come five times a week, but I'll just come three times a week. So anytime I've got a night planned out, I'm going to come in. And I think that's a big thing people don't plan for is seasonal change or workload change. And the thing I find at the moment, kids have just gone through exams. Have you got anyone with, that have got kids that are going through exams? That affects on your training because you want to be in. Just change your training style. If you train at a gym, train at home. Manage it. Is what I'm trying to help people. So what, what, how do you feel if the, the fitness industry, talking obviously about you know obesity crisis, how do you feel the fitness industry has changed in the last 10 years? I think it was a few podcasts ago that I, I personally have got a personal opinion that what we have at the moment is we have people who don't do any exercise or people that do a lot of exercise and I think what's in between is quite sparse. Uh, people who just exercise a little bit, you know, it's not... Um, the biggest chunk of people in the country you know you either do or you don't um, but how do you feel the fitness industry has changed in the last 10 years you think you know is there more gyms about are more people going to the gym so i think now there's more people there's definitely more gyms 100 percent. like when i went to a gym when i was 14 the gym i went to was hazel grave i don't think it was more than 40 pieces of kit in there it's now he's had four extensions it's mega busy all the time. You could go to any gym in a country, I believe, now at between six and eight o'clock and they're all busy. Is that more people going to a gym and being fit? Yeah, it is. Is that percentage still the same as what it was 20, 30 years ago? Probably worse. The population's grown. Uh, has the industry changed? Yeah, there's different gyms, different style, but I always say to people is, burpee was still a burpee. The Romans still train the same way, the Vikings before them or the other way around, whichever one it was. They, they all train the same way, nothing's, I don't think anything fancy comes in. There's new kit that comes in like Sumba, it's still dancing. Yeah. Football is still football, yeah the game's developed but it's still pass and move. If you bring it down to base, so I don't think the industry has changed. I think the knowledge for it to help people has got better, like you understand movement better. Doesn't, to me, I always say to people, keep it simple. The industry is it's still the same. It's not changed. Yeah, there's loads more flashing lights you get in these gyms now. And they're brilliant, don't get me wrong. I worked one in Dubai with flashing lights. It was mega. It was a great experience. And it was very interactive. But people to come to that gym were paying 100 quid, a £1,000 a session. <laughs> it's not, people can't afford that. So I don't think the industry is advanced. On, but it's still the same same thing a push-up still a push-up it's not changed since so what where do you where do you see it going 
obviously you don't think it's going to change much in the next 10 years I think, think things have changed like the greatest thing is like um, the Fitbit's coming in encouraging people to work more tech yeah tech more tech but it's like and people always come up to me and go I've done my 10,000 steps that's great it, was it on your hand yeah I do my hand up and down. I've now got three steps. And as human beings as well, we all like to think we get there. And then if you were honest with people, I also know people because they're dead honest with me. Go, I just gave it to my daughter to go walking for a bit because I really wanted to get 10,000 steps and I wanted to beat Sue from Slimming World. So Put it on the dog. Yeah. Put it on the dog's collar and send him off for a walk. I've yeah. seen people do that. <laughs> I've also heard a story about professional athletes when Techno Gym first came out and it had a key system and you could monitor what all your athletes are doing. But you could still put the YTS lad on it and get it to do your reps and then monitor that you've done it. So, yeah, the tech's all good, but it's, are people able to utilise it in the right way and are they being honest with it? So, and that's why I always say to people, is just be honest with yourself. It's yeah. great if you've got 10,000 steps, but if you know you sat down all day and you know you've only walked to the coffee machine and back and you've got to, you must be a very animated person. Once you do your measurements or you step on the scales, it's not going to lie to you either, is it? No, no exactly. So it's okay saying I've done 10,000 steps every day and maybe you haven't and you've cheated the system. You're just cheating yourself. Yeah, and that, that's why I always go back to whenever you start training, lose the ego. Be really honest with yourself, because at the end of the day, I've lost count of amount of clients that have come to me nearly in tears or in tears, and I'm really happy. I'm at rock bottom. They've come to me in all sorts of problems. Some of them have tried throwing themselves off bridges. They're at that state, and it's like, come on, let's be really honest with yourself. Have you actually done what you said you do? And if most people are honest with themselves, they will say no. And I said, right, well, let's be honest with me, and we can put it right. Because I know, I've had clients come to me and go, yeah, Connor, I'm eating everything you say, and you go in, and you're doing all this exercise. Well, yeah, I didn't do Tuesday because I was working late, and then Sheila got the aisle there, Domino's in, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, so... That's, that's the, what we were saying before about honesty and being honest with yourself. You've got to. You've got to be brutally honest with you. How do you think social media has changed the industry or, you know, would change the industry in the future? I know you've recently, you're not the most tech-savvy guy, are you? <laughs> no, no. And I know recently you've been posting some videos on Facebook, some live videos, asking yeah. some questions. Yeah. Again, uh, the reason you do it, you hope you can reach people, inspire people. I think what social media is very good about, and this is what I say to people, is... The before and after pictures are good for yourself, but it's also good for someone that you might sort of know to motivate them. Because let's be honest, if you see a before and after picture on Slimming World from John down in Cambridge, you've never met John. But if you see, oh, John from the pub, he's lost six stone. Oh, I can actually do that because I sort of know John. Relatable. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, thanks, Stu. It's relatable, and I think that's the key, is the social media helps in that small inner circle of, I'm not trying to be a global thing, but right in that niche market of where you're at, with someone nearby, and I think that's, it's not about can we reach 20 million followers, it's 
can I have a good impact on one person's life? That's why I spent the time here today. If I can help one person through this podcast by listening and they can relate to something today, then to me it's all worthwhile. And that's what I think is a great thing. And it's a great thing, especially with the male ego, because we don't like to talk, we don't like to say, I think I've got a problem, I eat too many burgers, I sit on my ass all day. And I'm unhappy. My wife hates me, my kids don't like me because I can't play with them because I can't be ours. And it's great to see things on social media and go, actually, I know that person there, or I know him through him, or he's only around the corner and I can go and speak to him and he can help me, or she can help me, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think definitely it's a... Social media for inspiring people is a really good tool. It's not, you know, it gets um, a bad rap and, and rightly so in certain areas. You know, I think we are a little bit obsessed with it. Me personally, I, you know, I can hold my hands up and say, probably spend too much time on social media. But I think for things like that, definitely helps. Definitely. Again, it's like everything. It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I have to force myself off Facebook. Before I had my job, I wasn't on Facebook. Yeah. So now I have to limit myself or like literally when I come home, I just try and leave my phone in a different room because it's like, now this is time to spend with my girlfriend or it's time to get things ready for tomorrow. It's time to wind down. And I think once you accept things like that, life gets easier. (laughs) Yeah. Except it's okay to go on YouTube and look at things, but at that cut off point. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. Balance. That's what life's about, whether it's food, fitness. You know, it's about balance, and when something is out of balance, whether it's too much time on social media, whether you're eating too much, whether you're drinking too much, whether you're not doing enough exercise, that's one problem. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing with blokes, it's a, it's a go-to, and it's portrait, isn't it, as that happy place, don't get me wrong, I like to drink as much as the next person. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. So it's about getting that right balance, isn't it, doing it at the right, the right time, I would say, like, don't get me wrong, I worked wearing ships, I drank every day of the week one of the reasons why I came on. Because I was like, I looked around at people that were 30, 40 years of me and I was going, I don't want to end up like that. That is where I'm going. I need to change something. Because I don't think I'm a strong enough person to stay here and not end up like that. So as much as I enjoy the experience, you have to go, maybe this is time to call it a day. Yeah. And I think when people they start brutally honest with yourself, self-reflect and say, how do I do this? My wake-up call as well, you know, I talk about lights. I've not had many in my life, but where I went for an operation when I was working at sea. And she went, how many units of alcohol do you drink? And I wrote something down, I forget, I was frightened number, it was like 171, and she went, she looked over at me and went, what, what's that? And I went, I'm just adding it up now. And she went, oh, is that for the week? I went, Oh no, I'm only on Wednesday. <laughs> and she went, what? I said, "Is what?" I said, well, it can be a lot more, yeah, I could probably do 10 to 20 pints away in a day, and there's a party on in the crew area. And that literally was every day, that was my life. And it was okay to do that, because you're working away. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and I think when I went in there, that was like my wake-up call to go, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this isn't all cracked up to be. Yeah. It's 
Friday, Saturday, turned into two bottles on a Saturday night, one bottle on Friday night, then it turned into one on Sunday as well. And it's like, this is it's yeah. too much. It creeps up on you, doesn't it? It does. And, it's like, and also, what I, what I find is, it's for doing, like, like kind of disciplined, taking into happy place and go, I've got to, if you're happy, you've always got to discipline yourself. That means that like, wake up an hour earlier, do an exercise or something like that. Well, got to make sure that you're well. And like I say, like I say, I enjoy a drink. I haven't become teetotal now. I just say, I'm never going to be perfect. I'm always going to be a bingeaholic. But it's not every weekend now. I can't do it. It affects me too much for the rest of the week. So I just say, right, one blowout a month or when it's someone's birthday. And that's what I do it. I might, that might put that down to age as well. Aging. I, I do drink too much. <laughs> it's just down to I drink too much. I drink. Exactly. And I've been on the other hour, you can. I can uh, say that. Yes, that is. No, but well, now you now you earn the right. You earn the right to finish, don't you? As opposed to just just because. But that's the thing. Are we talking about balance? Yeah. That's the, the whole thing with balance. You know what I mean? Don't ever cut anything out. You know, Dan Dan Burke was when we, we had him on a podcast. He was he was. Yeah. I've he said I have not. And this guy had lost nine and a half stone. He said I have literally not cut anything out of my diet. Fantastic. He says if I want to eat some chips, I'll eat some chips. Yeah. If I want to go for a few bits, I'll go for a few bits. But you've got to get, you know, you have to get the payback is, you've got to run longer on the treadmill. Or you've got to go to the gym an extra day. Or you've got to, you know. And what it is about is he's got his calorie day. count right for the week. He, he, I don't know him personally, but he'll probably say, right, I'm allowed seven and a half or 10,000 calories, and he'll allow for his beer. Or he'll say, right, that's every Wednesday I'll go for a couple of pints, but I've got to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that's, that's what it comes about. That's what I, I always say to people is, if your go-to happy food is crisps, don't don't give them out to cut them out. Just say, right, well, I'm having on Saturday when I'm watching a movie or every time we go to the cinema, I'll have it. And then don't have that guilt after you feel it because I never understand people when I speak to them going, I stuff myself and then I feel awful and I just think, well, what was the point of it? <laughs> You may as well enjoy it and not feel guilty afterwards. Yeah. And that's what the other thing I don't understand. Or when it's a hung, you're going to be hung over, be hung over for a good reason. You know what I mean? Like you've had a great night, but you know you're going to do it for a while. It's, it's getting that right balance there, and that's what it all comes down to. And it's, it is the key in my opinion. Good. So we've got some uh, quick fire questions now. Uh, what's the worst bit of training advice you've ever heard anyone give somebody? Worst bit of training of that? That's a good question. Yeah, don't quote me on six o'clock boot camp. The one I hate is keep running till it hurts. I mean, definition of hurts different for everyone, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> oh, really? Is running till it hurts the right thing to do? Oh, I just, I don't, don't get it. Don't see what it achieves. It's, is it hurting? Is that not your body saying uh, it's not good? Again, it, it's too broad of a thing to nail down. I, I, I would never say it to anyone. It's hurting, that's good. I, I would say it to some clients in a jokey way, but you have to know, and it takes a while to know what is muscle soreness and what's a knee problem. or what. It, I've been in the industry for 20 years, and even sometimes I get it wrong. It's hard to know what yourself's going on sometimes in your own body with adrenaline going on and everything. So all that play through the pain and that, it's like, especially with footballers, play through the pain. Oh, great idea, I can't walk for three weeks. Yeah. Can't go to a job, I don't get paid. Yeah, long-term goals, you know. Yeah, I, I, people are saved. just manage it. Yeah. yeah. 
what do you think um, what sport has the best all round fitness I know you're a rugby guy yeah. all around fitness gymnastics yeah. phenomenal body strength phenomenal so. I've always thought for, ki for kids infants growing up gymnastics is the way gymnastics should be compulsory it teaches the body how to grow proportionally and right and I don't care what anyone says. If you're a bloke and you look at them gymnasts, who wouldn't love to do a triple backflip? Yeah. Who wouldn't look to like? They're not stupidly big. They're not freakily big like the guys in the gym, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They look toned. They look muscular. They look lean. Don't get me wrong. I don't like the gear they wear. That's a bit weird. But, <laughs> but physically. They look great, and some of the stuff they can do. Yeah, and the flexibility. Yeah. Flexibility. That's body what I'm saying. Strength, leg everything, strength, yeah. everything around. They've never got any hand crack and all the nation. They could never play football or cricket. Who's your favourite sportsman of all time? Jeremy uh, Loma, without a shadow of a doubt, the man. Yeah, what a guy he was. Uh, yeah. Such a shame as well. You know, he's not with us anymore. I remember watching. I think it was the '95 oh. World Cup, and he literally just. Basically, just tearing teams to shreds on his own. Yeah, oh, just for the winger as well, for those who don't understand rugby as well, what he did as a winger as well is what a forward does. It's just... Power. It's just, he, he was powerful, he was strong, he could sprint, he could turn. I mean, it was, it was like almost a godly state as well. There was nothing he couldn't do. Yeah, I like it like a, a rugby god had come down to say... Yeah, say he's he single-handedly put rugby on the map. Yeah. And I, if you speak to anyone like rugby from that area, he single-handedly started making it a bit more commercially accepted and pushed rugby to another level. What's the, what's the best sports team of all time? I'm going to go with England 66. Yeah. <laughs> Just because we're in the spirit of the World Cup and I'm, I'm hoping they can uh, knock him out. The Patriot cutting out. <laughs> yeah. yeah Connor. Let's go for it. What's your go-to exercise? Like, what's, what's the exercise that you just think, oh, that's the that's just like the best exercise it burns the best calories or maybe it's best for flexibility like what's your favourite thing to put into a, a programme for somebody I I, I really don't think I have one obviously romantics I do but uh, I don't have one I really no. don't yeah, but obviously, Roman, what do we have? Down, down and up. Oh, I don't like down and up. <laughs> <laughs> down and up's the hardest thing to do in the world. For those who don't know what a down and up is, some people call it burping. It's basically just stand up anywhere you like, get down to the floor and stand up. Such a simple exercise, you can do anywhere you like. It must be my go-to one, I'll take Roman's words for it. I absolutely hate down and <laughs> What's... Uh, What's your cheat meal when you're having like a bit of a blowout? Oh, burgers. Yeah? Burgers and ice cream. Yeah. Can I have two? I might have three scoops as well on the ice cream nice. as well. Cheat day. Nice. <laughs> like I'm going for a penny, yeah. Oh, I love ice cream, burgers, yeah. What's the best workout tune when you're working out, when you're not training anybody? What's the tune that comes on your headphones or in the gym that you feel? Anything. Hard dance, happy hardcore, yeah. anything. Happy hardcore. Yeah, me all the way. Anyone who says if you don't put fast beats on, you don't train hard as lying. I know that because it's been proven. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> what about you, Ron? What's your go-to tune? 
this isn't uh, an interview for me. Yeah, go on. <laughs> it's not singing in the rain, is it? Um, my go-to one. Do you know what? The one actually really, I really do like is, um, you know the film Bad Boys? Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. And the scene where they've just had an argument in Julie's flat. I mean, Matt, Matt, Matt Lowry's Will Smith's flat, they go down. And then they start to have the foot chase through the streets. That music there, it just builds up and builds up and builds up. By the end of it, it's like proper, and you just want to just proper roar out. Yeah, you are such a movie geek, man. <laughs> I am. Like, seriously, do you even know what's going on about Connor? Because I, I, I've not got a clue. Can you remember like, the score of the film and like that's the best. Film one. scores are the best. The film, that's what I listen to. I listen to film yeah. scores. It's got to be Beastie Boys Sabotage. Everybody knows that. <laughs> that's a fact. Is that yours? Yeah. <laughs> if you could change one thing in the fitness industry, what would it be, Connor? Everybody, when he walks through the door, gets a hello, a smile. Makes feel like the best thing since spice bread. Yeah. That single handedly would change a lot of things, a lot of experience with people. I think you could do that, everything would go better. Good. If you could train with one person in the world, or if you could train one person in the world, who would it be? Whoever is the best athlete in the world right yeah. now, making better. Nice. Probably Ronaldo. Yeah, I bet Ronaldo was a beast. That would, yeah, that'd be fantastic. I was dead it? lucky when I was in Dubai. Uh, the training for Man United, Mick Clegg. I had some dealings for him when I was out there in Dubai, and he was telling us some of the stuff Ronaldo was doing. It was like he was like a little bit ahead of his time with some of the stuff he did. And what you hear about it now, and you think, oh, everybody's doing it, but he was that ahead of his time, and he spoke about Ronaldo, and he was like. At that age, he was still doing everything to make sure his goal was, I am going to be the best in the world. Yeah. E even from that young age. And everyone at United was like, nah, you're not. Mick said he could just see something. And he said, he wasn't the best player there. I mean, don't get me wrong, he was a good player. He said, but you could just, he was so driven. And like, to train someone like that, he's that driven, he's going to just believe everything you say and try it because he's that driven to succeed. He's a mate, I could give you about a million stories about Ronaldo in training because I watched him play his first game, I watched him play his last game for United. And some of the things that he did, like uh, for an example, um, he basically just picked a ball up one day and this is quite early on, so this is before he really bulked out, so when he was a skinny little kid. With yeah, the scrawny. The scrawny little kid with his things in his hair and his butt teeth, you know. And he picked the ball up and he, he went to one of the coaches and said, I just want to I I invent a free kick. And the coaches were like, what are you talking about? Like, you can even take one of my back and get round over the wall. He's like, no, no, I want to invent a free kick. So I want, what I want to do is I want to get it up and over, but I want to even power. And he literally spent absolute months and months and months after everybody had gone home, everybody was getting, you know, getting in the cars. He was out on the training pitch, him and a young keeper and a fake wall taking free kicks. And that's because he said, I haven't got it in the game. The same with headers. Couldn't head a ball when it comes to United. Now, one of the best headers in the world. And that's what I'm saying, just so driven. So, and that, again, that comes back to what we're speaking about today. He's made himself accountable. He's been brutally destroyed quickly, honest with himself, and saying, I'm going to make it right. And if that doesn't motivate you to get to where you want to be, then nothing ever will yeah. do. Guy's an absolute inspiration. There's a video I saw, I think this morning or last night. I think, I think it's, it's either the Portuguese te uh, team training. I think it is because it's like the World Cup and whatnot. And it's uh, all the teams there doing press-ups. 
and Ronaldo's the only one doing clap press ups. Like just and he's, he's going faster doing clap press ups than all the all the other team doing all press ups. That's the kind of thing that can raise the bar for everybody at a club. Yeah. That's how good that is. That's the kind of when you watch him train you think I'm not training half as hard as him. I'm yeah. giving extra time. If he can do it, I can do an extra twenty percent. Yeah. And that's what he did at that time for United. It was, that's how good he was. Uh, and you know, and he's a humble guy as well. And if you go to Madeira, which is where he's from, he's got his own museum. Madeira's a beautiful place as well. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, my dad was in Madeira last year and he's like so lush, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, oh, it's we, amazing. We were like three blocks down from the Ronaldo Museum. It's and a phenomenal just, place. It's like he just bought his house and filled it all his shoulders. He's like, I don't want him in my house, I'll just put him in this museum, people can come. Yeah. And I think you, you give some money and it goes to charity. You know? No like, with that mindset of Ronaldo, that's, I kind of got that in the gym. So when I started boot camp with, with Connor, uh, first time I went in there, I'd, I'd always look for the fittest person that I'd want to beat. And it was Ross Hunt at the time. He was the fittest person there. And I went, right, I'm going to beat you. And I think Ross kind of got that as well. So we kind of, if he doesn't want to press up, I want to make sure I'm, I do want to press up more. And we kind of, that's what I like to banter out of. And that's what it's all about, because it's a support network. And it's finding something that's challenging you, but not too challenging. And that's what's good about everything in life. You've got to find where you fit. We do weight loss, going back to help anyone is. Don't be frightened if you go in somewhere and it doesn't feel right. Walk away, find somewhere else. You will find somewhere where you fit in. Everybody fits in somewhere in life. There's only 19 different types of personality. You will fit in somewhere, mark my words. Yeah, I, I, I don't like passing, you know, dancing gyms. I like hot in the wall gyms where I can go head down the train. I like both for different things. I love yeah. I love it in the morning to train with Connor. It's it's you know it's a, in, the, in the unit in, a, in Hillgate in Stockport. Yeah. You know it's an old school gym. It's dirty. I love it. It's dirty. It's, it's, it's smelly. It's cold in the morning. It's red hot in the, in the summer. <laughs> and that's what I like. But I also like to go and get on a treadmill that I don't think it's going to collapse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that's that's what it's about, though, isn't it? It's about finding out where you fit in. And likewise, I might be wrong as well. Is I would love to train in a David Lloyd gym, but every time I go in one, I'm really annoyed about the people in there. The gym itself, the swimming pool, the sauna steam rooms are phenomenal, but I hate the people that train in there. And likewise, they probably hate me. So you know what, I don't train there for that reason. And that's okay to feel that. And so don't, you train where you feel comfortable and you will get the best results when you feel that. Right. Tell me about the beast. The beast? Explain, explain to the listeners what the beast is. The beast. So this is going back to measuring progress. If you ever follow us on uh, Facebook, you'll see sometimes we'll hashtag the beast. Do you want the history behind the beast or yeah. do you just want to know the beast? I want, yeah. I want the quick history behind and tell me what it is. So the history of the beast is, cut long story short, we went on a training day down at Bolton Arena delivered by this military guy. He said, I'm going to introduce something now to you. This is done by people coming back from Afghanistan. I was like, all right, cool, brilliant. Now, these are ordinary soldiers. These are coming back with limbs missing. I was like, all oh, right. So, they explain the beast, you'll understand why in a second. So, these guys have got no legs or one leg, one arm, and they're doing a beast already. So, what happens is you do six reps of, say, dialing up everyone's favourite exercise here. You then do six push-ups, you'll go on and do another four exercises. So it'll be six exercises in total, that'll be 36 reps in one set. You'll repeat that six times, that same set, that'll make up 216 reps. That'll be set one. 
you'll then progress onto set two where it should get progressively harder. So say if you were doing press-ups on your knees, do now become press-ups, normal press-ups, it'll go into clap press-ups, and then so on, so on. So by the end of it, you've done 2,198. Forgive me, my maths has gone terribly wrong there. Reason for that is because we don't do six in the morning class, we only got 45 minutes. What was dead interesting when I got told about the beast, so like when we're doing burpees in a class, these guys that are coming back from Afghan, they were already doing single legged burpee when they first start. So when they go to a single leg, they're doing it on the first one anyway. <laughs> when they were doing a push up, they're probably doing it one arm straight away. And it's phenomenal. So I asked him, I said, Bearing in mind, I'm in with a load of fitness professionals. We were on about set four after about an hour and a half. And I'm dying, I'm actually looking at my arse. And he said, right, I'm going to stop now, the rest of brilliant. He's forgot about it, hopefully. Anyway, we all, some of us finished it, some of us didn't. So me being me, well, to guys, I said, oh, it's out of interest. Um, how often do the lads do that? Thinking it's, say, once a month, once a month. Yeah, two or three times a week, and they all do it in 45 minutes to an hour. I have so much respect for anyone in the military. That's incredible. And that's people with limbs missing. And that is frightening. Oh man, have you ever completed the beast? You got close, didn't you? The last time I was, I was on set four, and I was literally, so I've done five, what was it, not sets, five? I've done five cycles, on set four, five cycles. And I was, I, I was just about to start second. Uh, the last so one. you were like a you were like a cyclone half away from completing. Yeah. So next one I'm I was miles away, I've been doing it for nearly two years and I'm I'm gradually getting better by like maybe a, a set at a time but Yeah. Well then when I when I first started the beast, I was going right, pace myself, just so you know, so you get on. And I was talking to Connor after it. And I says, uh, says oh, I just I just wanna pace myself and Connor went, No. Just go for it. It's what's there to take to test it. Go, go for it. So since then, I've gone. Sorry, I pull a white. I pull a white. Just go for it. You know, do it. That's what it's all about. And that's why I say that's going back to some of your points through this session today. It's about monitoring things because you know what? Everybody likes to see progress. Mark my words. If you train three or four times a week, you will get better at that every other month. It's it will happen, and it. It's just a great motivation for you. I know some people don't like it. Unfortunately, what works normally is I like it. It's weird. I know that a lot of people don't like it. I, I really like it. But you know what? They, all, they don't like it when they know it's coming, but if I just throw it on them and nobody knows, they always have a feel-good factor at the end yeah. of it. Because it, it is designed to break you, and it will, it will hurt you. It will oh, go yeah. to some dark places. <laughs> Many times. Yeah. Yeah. That's my goal. It's the one time in life I go against everything I preach. Just that one reason, because I think in life everybody wants to see the ego, see how far they can be pushed. Everyone wants to know when they go and get stuff, how much can I go through it? And, and your body can trick itself, and it can go that little bit further than you think it can. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's a mental aspect to it, definitely. Oh, 100%. Definitely. Oh, Shout out to anyone who's ever done it, and I know. Uh, Couple in our class, Sam and Janine, they both completed the beast, haven't they? Twice in one, one uh, 45 yeah. minute cycle, yeah. Um, I, think, I, think, I think next time we should maybe get the camera out and record it. I, well, I'm thinking maybe we, we should have a little chat about the beast and see if we could do something with, uh, for maybe for help the heroes or something like that. 
Yeah. Only fat football guys. I think so. Let's have a little, put our heads together and see what we can do. Ah, let's not do it. Let's just do it. Put a date in, diary. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll have a little chat. We'll have a little chat. Well, thank you for that, Connor. That was uh, really, really good. Thank you very much. If anybody, oh, thanks for having us. No problem. Uh, fantastic insight into, you know, training and we've covered industry. everything in the industry. Yeah, and also meal, meal prep there. Obviously, there's loads of things on uh, Mummy Fat on the on the on the website and the forums this month about meal prep. If you want to give it a go, I'm sure there'll be tips on there. Uh, have a look if you want to contact us we have a new email new email is podcast at manrefat.com yep certainly is nice and easy to remember because I always forget it <laughs> uh, also you can follow us on twitter we are uh, mvfpod yep. on twitter mm-hmm. uh, we're going to get a bit more active on there and do a few more things post a few more videos I think uh, and yeah, send us an email if you want to talk to us. Next episode, we are down at uh, St George's Park. I am the away day. Yeah, we're yes. looking forward to that. We're going to talk to probably get two episodes at St George's Park, and next yep. two. Uh, one episode we'll be talking to the players and talking about the tournament, and I think another episode we'll probably get some coaches on and get talking to the coaches about their different leagues up and down the country about the rugby uh, football. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Good retrospect of the and whole. Yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, Connor. Fantastic.